You're listening to The Author's Leverage, where it's all about your book and how to create a greater impact and a greater income with it. This podcast is for the author who knows there's more you can do with that book. Whether you're publishing your first one ever or you've written multiple bestsellers, the path to greatness begins by looking around and seeing that you are, at this moment, standing right in the middle of your own acre of diamonds. My friends, your book is a brand. I'm Parshel Tashi, creative entrepreneur and education design architect, and I'll be your guide diving into the minds of successful authors, renowned publishers, and industry experts to glean practical wisdom you can integrate into your book writing, launch, and marketing strategies today. You'll hear straight from the source how authors like you were able to publish their best work and build wildly profitable, successful businesses around it. Welcome aboard the Author's Leverage. All right, we are here with the wonderful and amazing speaker and entrepreneur, Miss Bridget McGowan Hawkins. Bridget, thanks for so much for being with me today. Absolutely. Thanks for the opportunity, Parshel. Absolutely. So I would like for you to introduce yourself in your own way and maybe something interesting that people don't know about you. Oh, wow. I almost want to start with the, the interesting fact as opposed to <laughs> okay. that's always far more interesting than the introduction. (laughs) Follow your instructions. So my name is Bridget McGowan Hawkins. In addition to being an international professional speaker, I am also an independent publisher. All that means is I help people get their words out to the world. Everybody has a zone of genius. You know it. Your close friends know it. Now it's time that everybody knows it. So I help get your word published in a quick, and quality fashion. An interesting fact about me, well, I find it interesting. Most people think it's dumb. I drive with both feet and with no shoes on, right? I know that's illegal. The second is this time. a stick shift or is this a well, automatic? Are illegal, probably. No, no, this is automatic. I never thought that made any sense, Parshell, to have <laughs> one foot doing all the work and there's two pedals. I, I, it just never made sense. So, I, oh, here's an interesting fact to connect with that. I learned to drive at the age of 12. So Hmm. at that time, I just, it didn't make sense to me to have this one foot doing all the work. And yeah, so there you have it. (laughs) So you're like the ultimate uh, multitasker. Like you can, you can handle a lot. That's awesome. (laughs) I'm thinking stick to sticks if driving, but uh, automatic, it works too. You're safe. You're here. So I'm, I mean, I have had an accident or two, but it wasn't because of the two foot thing or, or the two feet thing. Two foot, two feet. Two feet, two, it, yeah. It was, <laughs> <laughs> it was somebody else's fault, okay? But uh, I heard yeah, that. It works. it works. Quick reaction. I have that quick ability to break when necessary. There you go. There you go. Now, I, I love your story because I, I read up a little bit about you as well and saw that you sort of your story in this direction as a working in publishing or working with authors started when you submitted a proposal to join a, a project or something that Oprah was headlining. So tell us a little bit about that story and how you've evolved into, like you said, working with authors in this way. So here's the takeaway, everyone, if you don't want to listen to the whole story, sometimes A rejection is a redirection. There's your takeaway now to the story. I submitted a proposal to speak at a conference, a local conference. 
months. And I just knew that, you know, the proposal would get accepted. I'd get a yes and be on my way to speak at the event. Uh, that was a no. Uh, they said, uh, thanks, but no thanks. Now, this was very disheartening because I submitted almost verbatim the same proposal to the same organization, but to its international conference that was going to be taking place in uh, in San Diego, was it that year? No, in Washington, D.C. At any rate, once I got the rejection from the local chapter, I already knew. I said, well, Bridget, you may as well just forget about getting a yes for the international conference. And lo and behold, come November of 2018, I did get my note that I had not been accepted to present at the conference in May of 2019 in Washington, D.C., where, yes, Oprah was also speaking. But it wasn't an exact no. They said, your proposal is nice. We're not exactly rejecting you, but, um, you know, we'll call you if we have space. It was one of those don't call us, we'll call you type of things. So I'm like, okay, fine. But then come March of 2019, they did reach out and they said, we want you to speak. And by the way, do you have a book to sell at the bookstore? And, you know, Parshall, I've been speaking since 2001. And I had attended conferences just like countless other people all the time. And you'll hear a speaker and you're like, wow, that person is the bee's knees. And you'll go buy the person's book or at least go online searching for a book because you want more. It never hit me before. And I've submitted dozens of proposals and presented at I don't know how many conferences before. It had never hit me that people enjoy my sessions and might want to learn more from me via a book. And so it, it struck me when I got that email message saying, you know, hey, come on and speak and do you have a book to sell? So I said, you know what, I don't have one right now. Mm. But by the time that conference gets here in two months, I will have one. And I was confident because I had been blogging Parshell for mm. three years on the topic on which I was going to be speaking. So I had loads of content. I'd also developed an online course around the topic. And by the way, everybody, the topic was effective presentation skills. That's just my jam. It sounds boring for some. It excites me. So I had all kinds of content, tens of thousands of words. And so I pulled the best of the best for my content, got it all together. And then by the time the conference got there, I had my books on the shelf and was ready to go. And I said, how many other people have gone through the same thing? They are rock stars. They know their zones of genius. They are crushing it and just are, have a wealth of knowledge, but they're not sharing that knowledge via a book. How many other people are out there and how many of them can I help and get their books published? So it just took off from there. The publishing company launched, uh, what, about seven months after that conference. Oh, my goodness. And you've helped several authors since then to move in that direction. That is awesome. And congrats on that. And I would say for those who are listening, if you've not seen Bridget in action, you're welcome. Like, just go check out uh, any of her videos out there. Seeing you speak, it's just so dynamic. And I can tell that uh, your heart and passion is, is so into it. So that's awesome. So I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. Now, why? And I'm curious, why is that? You know, for those that do have something to share and, you know, their challenge was going in that, that direction, what stops them from moving in that direction towards having a book? Oh, my goodness. Fear of repeating what's already out there or fear of 
thinking nobody wants to read what I have to say. It's just this fear and self-doubt over and over again. Even if it's not one of those fears, it's some fear or another. Fear it won't sound good. Fear that it won't be enough. It won't be good enough. It's ah, it's mm-hmm. all of this negative self-talk that will stop people. Or it could, yeah, yeah it, it could be also thinking that uh, everything about that topic has been said. And it, because we hear and we've heard this time and time again, there's nothing new under the sun. And, and I, I believe it's that. True. There yeah. isn't anything new under the sun. However, you have to tell yourself that the way you put it, the way you believe in making presentations, the way you believe in marketing, the way you believe in fill in the blank, whatever is your passion, whatever is your wheelhouse, your perspective is not out there in a book and your perspective is just as good, just as valuable, just as red hot as the next person's. And if other people have the right and the opportunity to put their content out there, hmm, why don't you? So stop being scared. And I don't know who's told us this before, but every day you should do something that scares you. So I say, go on and write the book. And especially if you're already blogging or if you have a newsletter that you send out to your community on a regular basis. If you give advice to people, if you have people on your email list and you're answering questions all the time for people who are part of your network, all of that is your content and it can easily be organized into a book. But get away from the fear. Don't worry about it being perfect. How many times have I gone back and looked at my book and there was something I needed to change or move mm. or that I didn't like? I finally had to stop touching it, Parshell. I'm going to come out with a new edition of it. I just said, hey, it's out there. It's won an award. So somebody must think it's good as it is. <laughs> <laughs> and I will just release an updated edition. But don't don't worry. Don't don't worry about everything being just so or about making sure you say something different than what's been said. Don't just stop the worrying and you, you you want to live with no regrets. You don't want to wake up 10, 15, 20 years down the road and say, huh, I wonder what if I had written a book? What if I had put all of that content out there? Just go on and do it. I love that. I love that. And how do you, how do you help people get over that? I mean, I, I've heard that it takes two people to write a book, one person to write it, the other person to say, all right, stop writing, get it out there. <laughs> how do you help them get over that hump to, uh, you know, to go ahead and just do it? Right. So the number one strategy is just talking to them, is just talking to them and listening to them and asking them, what do you do? What are questions that you are always asked? What is it that you wish people knew? What is it that uh, that you can provide or where is there a gap in the literature where you can provide a filler for that gap? And filler sounds like such a negative word. It makes me think about filler words, but I digress. Mm. But where is there a gap in your industry where you know this topic has not been addressed and you know that you can? So it's really sitting down and engaging the prospective author in conversation and and helping them hear their own ideas. Because sometimes when they get to talking, I have to secretly reach over and click the record button because they will come out with such good information. 
There's one lady who was on my podcast one time and I said, uh, you know, I have done dozens of podcast interviews. This is the first time where I've said you should consider writing a book because I'm just sitting there listening to her ideas. So it's really about sitting down, talking to someone, no judgment. There are no right or wrong answers and hearing your thoughts on a topic and then answering this really big question of what is it that you want people to know or to be able to do in a different way Mm -hmm. and you can show them in a book what do you want people to know or to do differently that they're you know they've just been screwing it up all this time they they really need some new guidance they really need a fresh perspective so it's conversation That's how I get them over that hump. I have one gentleman, he and I have been talking to each other via LinkedIn, phone, and Zoom for probably about 10 months, getting him over that hump of realizing, because he's a really good writer. That's Mm. what drew me to him. He's an excellent writer, but we have to keep talking so he can truly believe it. So have the conversations. I love that. And it's what you're saying is like, it's really your personality and your voice that can take any topic and make it relevant, make it uh, really pop and to be effective out there. Right. Um, yeah. And, and bringing that. So, but, but why a book? Why, why mm-hmm. take the, the step from a blog, newsletter, other content that you have? Why go in the direction of a book? What's the power in that? So there are certain people who will read a blog. There are certain people who will listen to a podcast, but won't read a blog. There are some people who will read a paperback, but won't read an ebook and so on and so forth. I'll tell you, I'm one of those people, this is going to sound awful. I'm one of those people where I have my own podcast show, but I don't listen to podcasts, but I'll pick up a book in Mm -hmm. a minute and read it. I'm not crazy about ebooks. Do I own some? I think I do. My company, (laughs) my company produces them. I have a couple in the works now, but I'm not a big fan of ebooks. But I will pick up a hardcover book or a paperback book. So the reason I say, you know, publish a book, blogs are fine, but also publish a book because you're casting a wider net. There are going to be people who will engage with your content via a blog. There are going to be people who want to see you on YouTube. There are going to be people who want to hear you on a podcast. There are going to be people who want to read you in a book on an, on an e-reader and so on and so forth. So this is your way of reaching more people who need your message, who need your information. It's just like how we're all on all these different social media platforms. And you do it because you have some people who are like, oh, my goodness, I love the gram, right? But oh, LinkedIn, it makes me cringe. And I'm the other way around. I love LinkedIn. But Instagram, mm, I do it because I know there are people in my community where they'll go there to check out what's happening, but they're not going over to Facebook or LinkedIn or Twitter. So that's the purpose behind the book. And even when you do publish your book, if you do it as a paperback or a hardcover, and I'm going to give you some advice now, if you want, if you're trying to decide which to do and you want to do both, do hardcover first, okay? Now, if you're trying to decide if you want to do hardcover or paperback, do hardcover first, number one. And even if you decide to do paperback instead of hardcover, that's fine. Make sure you always uh, produce an ebook along with it. Again, it's about casting that that wider net. Mm-hmm. I love that. So that way, the information can be consumed on a number of platforms that are applicable to the audience and what they what they prefer and how they there prefer to learn. 
Yeah, why do you go. say hard book? Oh, you know, first uh, versus uh, paperback. Sure. So it is going to be hard for you to produce a paperback, not impossible, but hard to first produce a paperback and then come down the road a year or so later and produce a hardcover uh, and, and get more sales with the hardcover because the paperback is cheaper than the hardcover. So you really want to do it the other way around. The hardcover is going to be more expensive, but if that's the only option people have for a physical book and it's the first option that's out, that's the one you want to push because it is going to guarantee you uh, higher, maybe not necessarily higher profits, but uh, more money, if you will. And people are more likely to buy the hardcover first than buy it later they'll get the paperback first. And then when you come up with the hardcover, it's like, well, this is more expensive than the paperback. I already got the paperback. It's cheaper. I'm cool with that. Mm. So you would cannibalize your sales if you were to uh, put both paperback and hardcover out at the same time. But definitely if you were to put out the paperback before the hardcover, not to say you can't do that, not to say it can't be done or hasn't been done, but ideally you want the hardcover before the paperback just because of the pricing issue. That's a, that's great advice. Great advice there. And I know you've been in the industry for a minute, like a long time here. So I, I noticed, too, that there's been just a difference in sort of what authors can do with a book now online versus, let's say, 10 years ago. What would you say has changed about the industry that is of an advantage to people today who are writing a book? Ooh. Oh, that's a really good question, Parshel. I will say that what has changed is everybody can become an author. Now, that is advantageous to an extent. It's not so advantageous because you will have some people who are my French, they publish garbage, right? <laughs> so you have a lot of junk out there in the marketplace because of this fantastic ability for anyone to become a published author. You can self-publish, and that's one of the big changes in the industry. Mm -hmm and go it alone where you get your own ISBN and you take care of all of the editing and the copyright application and all of the design and everything. But to be quite honest with you, the average person, even the average person who has no background in publishing can look at two books, one that has been self-published and one that has been published by a publishing company and can tell the difference right off the bat. And so there's a, you know, I'm extending the answer. There's a matter of credibility when it comes to self-publishing. So yes, the industry has changed where anyone can say, I want to publish a book and you can set out and do it. I did it right. Think back March, 2019. I figured it all out, but the book is not necessarily going to be of the kind of quality you want it to be. And that can cause a, a hit against your credibility because people will look at that that i know you shouldn't judge a book by its cover but people will look at the cover flip through the interior and all of that good stuff and will pass judgment as to whether they want to go on and purchase this book so yes far more people are able to publish now than in the past you still have to be careful about which route to take and it really depends on the goals that you want to accomplish mm. let's talk about that a little bit then in, in what ways does it make sense for someone to go the self-published route versus with a publisher? And, you know, what past, you know, what, what did both, what both of those paths lead to? Right. So there are three different routes. So there's traditional publishing, 
And this route of publishing works well for an author who has a big platform. You want to think celebrities, well-known politicians, social media influencers, those people that have just thousands, if not hundreds of thousands or millions of followers. And this is uh, the traditional publishing route works well for an author who has already published a book that sold well. And in reality, the traditional publishing route, this is the big house publishing companies. This is an option uh, for only about 1% of people. Then there's the self-publishing route that we've been talking about. Now, this route of publishing works well for an author who has a lot of time to devote to the book. Uh, someone who doesn't mind doing the research and figuring out all of the little details. I mentioned a few of them a second ago, getting the ISBN, finding a graphic designer, typesetting, and all of that. This route of publishing works well, self-publishing. It works well for people who want to manage all of the details. They want to have full say-so in everything. And it works well for someone who wants to keep their costs down. And then the third route that we haven't mentioned, which is where my company fits, is hybrid uh, publishing. Hmm. Now, this route of publishing uh, is a good fit for an author who may not uh, have a big focus on making a lot of money from book, or from book sales, but it works well for somebody who is fine with putting in a financial investment for getting his or her book done. This works well for someone who doesn't have a lot of time or a lot of energy or interest in managing all of the little details and would just really rather leave it to the professionals who know how to do this. Uh, this works well for someone who sees other avenues for monetizing his or her book, speaking engagements, attracting clients for bigger ticket offerings, using the book as a basis for leading masterminds or uh, workshops and so on and so forth. So hybrid publishing is where you pay a publishing company. They take care of everything for you. And it's a really good fit. If you want to leave a legacy, you want a quality book that's going to further establish your brand or grow your business. Maybe you're trying to launch your career, or grow your career, really want to make a difference, inspire other people. Have this book that serves as an elevated business card kind of goes on and on and on. And so the decision as to which one is the right option for you, it just really depends on, again, the kind of time you have, uh, the level of interest that you have in almost becoming your own little personal publishing company and uh, what kind of financial resources you have to invest in yourself or invest in your business in your business. And that book is a marketing tool for your business. Make no mistake about it. It is a marketing piece that really sets you apart from the competition. That's huge. I hope everybody listening had your note and uh, pen out <laughs> to get that because that was incredible. Just a wonderful breakdown of the options that are available. And um, the, the other question that came to mind as you were saying that was, well, on the back end, you mentioned how the quality of the content and how it's presented, how important that is. So... How does that factor in with each of these options that you just mentioned? You know, is quality affected um, and the delivery of that content? How, how does that vary across those, those options? Oh, uh, I, I am so glad that you posed that question. So when it comes to the traditional publishing companies, and again, mm -hmm. <laughs> hardly any of us are going to go that route. But uh, the quality is going to be stellar, hands down, without a doubt. These companies have been in the, the game for a long time. They've got it down pat. When it comes to self-publishing, because you are not an expert in publishing, nine times out of 10, you're not. You know, you're not 
an expert in graphic design, an expert in copy editing and grammar and punctuation and typesetting. And the, the list just goes on and on where you would have to be an expert. Well, you don't have to be an expert in all those areas, but you really do have to devote your time to learning and understanding all of the aspects of publishing. And so the quality of your book can go down if you decide to go the self-publishing route, especially if you are either running a business or working full time somewhere, you really have to devote a lot of time into figuring that out. Uh, it, it just requires a lot of time. So the quality of your book can pay the price uh, for your lack of expertise. And this is not a knock against you. The average person is not an expert in publishing. And then the quality of your book with a hybrid publishing company is going to be pretty on par with a traditional publishing company, because not only is your reputation at stake with the quality of this book, the publishing company's reputation is at stake. Mm. So if it cares anything about its represent representation to the world and the work that it does, it's going to make sure that they that it's putting out a solid, solid product for you. So uh, the, the quality is going to vary for sure. I don't want to dissuade people from self-publishing. But it is it is a world of its own. <laughs> and you know how sometimes you really just want to leave things to the professionals. Can mm -hmm. I change my own oil on my car? Back in the day, I could. There's another interesting fact about me. OK, but I, <laughs> I used to change my own oil and rotate my tires and all of that good stuff. But yeah, that's when you could fix a car with a with duct tape and a, and a clothes hanger. Right. <laughs> Not today. <laughs> no. Could I rotate my own tires now? Probably, but I'll leave it to yeah. the professional. Yeah. <laughs> and right, can, can you balance your own books as a business owner? Yes, but you probably leave it to an accountant or a bookkeeper. And we can just go on down the line, Parshel. I know you have uh, your own team where are there things that you can do? <laughs> Absolutely. But you just leave it to the professionals because you want it done and you want it done right. That's 100% right. And I love how our, I guess you can say our economy among entrepreneurs and business owners is changing to where it is highly specific results that you can reach by working with a professional in that one area, right? It's yes. just, yeah, it's just beautiful how, how that's coming about. All right, it's time for a short break. Let's hear a word from one of our sponsors. Are you an author and ready to leverage your book? Maybe you have a great idea for a course or program but you need help fleshing it out with someone and making sense of what you have. If that's you, I wanna invite you to schedule a free half hour strategy session with me. We'll take a look at your content together, talk about your goals, and I'll provide my professional and honest recommendations. No salesy stuff or surprises. So to schedule a call, visit theauthorsleverage.com forward slash course strategy. All right, now back to the show. Now, the question that came to mind too when we talk about the quality was like, well, how can you make sure that you're not publishing and putting out trash, you know, or garbage, as you said earlier? Like, how can we make sure that that does not happen? Sure. Well, one thing I'm going to recommend is you get a book from a publishing company that you respect and you check it out. 
Look, feel the cover, look at the design, look, turn it over, look at the spine, look at the inside of it, thumb through the pages, look at the headers and the footers, look at the fonts that are used, look at the spacing, the table of contents, look how everything is laid out. Is there a preface? Are there four words? Is there an index? Go get a book off your shelf from a company that you respect, from an author that you respect and then put it next to yours. And then when it comes to the content, with every single word that you write, every single chapter that you pen, I need you to ask yourself, is this bringing value to the reader? Is this answering a question for the reader? Is this giving the world information that it needs. If you're not getting a yes to those questions, then it's time to revise your content. So look at some content that's already out there, productions that are already out there that are just rock star status, and then look at yours and see how they measure up. And then with that content, just make sure it's checking all the boxes when it comes to adding value. If it's not, it's time to get back to the drawing board. Mm. And what, what would be one of your favorites that you say that you respect and you see as like, ooh, this is this is it right here. Oh, <laughs> as she turns to her bookcase. <laughs> oh, there are so many. There are some books by uh, Mark and Angel Chernoff that I like mm. a lot. They focus a lot on happiness and being happy. And so they do some really interesting things with uh, the, the layout of their books and just the content in their books. Of course, all of my authors, I love all of them. <laughs> That was, a, that was an easy one. I should have, you know. <laughs> Definitely uh, Wiley Press. I like hmm. some of the content that Wiley Press puts out. Uh, I also like, um, oh, let me think. What is it? Is it, uh, I like some of the things from St. Martin's Press. But uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's there's so many. Oh, Simon and Schuster is of course a good one, but uh, there's a number of 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 publishing companies where I I like the content. I like when they do some things differently, uh, and I don't have the book in front of me. And, and of course, I'm not going to think of it. Oh, it's a two it's a two book series called The Bible Study, hmm. and they just do some really unique things with the layout. And I like that. So just look up the Bible study. I don't remember the author's name. It's a gentleman. And they just do some really just it's it's not just plain old words, you mm -hmm. know, going across the paper, but just exciting different yeah. things. Uh, you, you turn a page. It's like, oh, whoa, was it expecting that? So, yeah, those are mm. some of my favorites. Okay. I love that because, you know, it is those books that have either something different about maybe the formatting or just ways that they engage the reader to want to jump into action or go check out an additional resource to make sense of that, that chapter. I love that. I'm going to throw this in. One of my authors, his name is Jeff Disher, is coming out with a book. And I really like some things that we did in his book. And one of the things that we did, it's just random ever so often. It's one of those elements of surprise. You turn the page, it's like, whoa, I wasn't expecting to see that. Mm. So something that we've done in his book, I hope he doesn't beat me up for putting this out there or <laughs> everybody else sees it, is we have some pages that are completely black, but in large white script, it'll have a quote. And that quote connects to the content in that chapter. But it's mm. just this all of a sudden, it's 
dark black page with this very bright, vivid white writing on it mm. with a quote. And it's, again, one of those takeaways where if you get nothing else out of this chapter, uh, you know, dog ear this page. So uh, I, I like the, the element of surprise and giving you an experience that you don't necessarily always get in a book or, you know, it's, yeah. I love that. I love that. That definitely sounds like a surprise. It's like, whoa. Like just something yeah. that kind of jumps off the page. So that's awesome. And I think too, when, when, when writing a book and thinking about it as a, you know, as a project, there's, there's also a thinking of what happens after the book, how much of that needs to be in the mind of the author while they're writing before it's out there, or maybe they already got something out there. And of course they go back and revise it, relaunch it, republish it. There's a lot that you can do. So how, like, what things can they be thinking about, um, you know, and have that in their mind as they are, you know, in the process of writing? While they're in the process of writing, before they start mm -hmm. writing, after they're done writing, I want you to decide which lane you will take. One is you want your book to also be a business or you want your book to be an extension of your business or what you already do. Not necessarily its own business, but it's an extension of your business or what you already do. I want you constantly thinking in those terms and that helps you understand what kind of content you want to put in the book and what kind of marketing you want to pursue, what kinds of events and engagements you need to have throughout the entire process. I want you to start marketing your book as quickly as possible, but back to these two lanes. If you decide to take the lane of this book, it's going to be a business, then you, it's almost, I mean, it, I was about to say it's almost like launching an LLC or what have you. It's not almost, it is. And you have some people where that's what they're going to do. This book is going to be my platform. I am using it for everything. I'm using it for gaining speaking engagements, for getting myself on boards, for getting myself indoors and in rooms where I need to be to further my mission and further my vision, which is explained in the book. So you need to treat this like a business. I mean, I'm talking about its own checking account, bank account, yeah. and all that good stuff. But then you take the other route. This one is a little bit more relaxed, but you still want to put as much effort into getting your book out to the masses as possible. But it may not be as important to you if you're not looking at it as a business. So taking the other route where it's just extending your message and you're really using it as an elevated business card. Well, again, you want to put the word out to the world as much as possible that the book is coming. That also helps you hold yourself accountable. If you haven't finished writing the manuscript, if you put it out mm -hmm. there and my goodness, if you start accepting pre-sales, oh, you have to deliver a book if you're taking folks' money. They're going to be looking for a book in their mailbox at least within the next three to six months. But decide which route you're going to take. And one is no better than the other. It just really depends on your mission, your vision. I'll tell you personally, mine was just an extension of the brand that I've already created. It's just an extension of my speaking business. Uh, most of the books that I've put out, they're mostly on presentation skills and the like. Uh, that is not a, you know, I haven't taken a book and this is my business. So it just really depends on what, what works for you. But I have some people where they, they're taking that leap. Hmm. They're leaving corporate America and this book is going to be the platform that, you know, they're just taking themselves to another level.
Mm, that's so powerful. It really is because there's so much that you can do with the book itself. Now, I've been asking this question to a number of guests that have been on, which is when you hear the, the title of the podcast, which is The Author's Leverage, what does that mean to you? What comes to mind when you think about that, that terminology? The author's leverage is so powerful. It is such powerful language and it can mean a number of things. But the first thing that comes to mind for me is how are you going to take your words and make an impact? Whether it's taking your words and putting in a book, in an ebook, as an audio book and putting it out to the world, whether it is making a, a change in people's lives, but it's the, you have that leverage, that ability to leverage your words, to position your words so that you can make such change. And this reminds me of one of my author's books. Oh, Jonathan, I hope he doesn't beat me up either. Uh, I'm sure. <laughs> All your clients want to fight you after this. <laughs> I know, how do you tell these folks all of this stuff? But I have one author, Jonathan, whose book is entitled Making Dollars While Making Change. And it makes me, your title of your podcast reminds me so much of his book because he talks about entrepreneurship. And yes, you can make money at it. And that's fantastic. That's lovely. Who doesn't want to earn a living as an entrepreneur, as a small business owner? But in his book, he talks about don't just make some money, don't just cash some dollars, but also make an impact on your community with your book or with the platform that your book provides you. So with the author's leverage, you are creating for yourself this platform where you can shift and make moves and create momentum in ways that you couldn't before. And your words are what drives that. Break the pattern of what people expect to see and hear. Get out there and shake it up. And that is the advantage that you have as an author with that leverage of your words. Mm, and I love what you say about just your words, like your words can make that kind of change in the world and in your community. Yes. Mm, mm. Now you mentioned a number of strategies and monetization, you know, opportunities that are available for an author. I mean, I've heard, and even our clients, we help them make online courses from their books. So that's one avenue. Uh, but then there's also ways that people use a book or other things to, you know, increase their speaking fees, to get speaking engagements, to, you know, uh, grow a group, a membership, uh, a number of different options. What are you finding right now, you know, to be, you know, the top strategies or the ways that authors are monetizing, let's say, on the back end of their book and supporting them in big ways? Right. So a couple of the strategies that I love and probably because I'm a speaker, selfishly, I love these, is how some authors will find themselves in positions where an organization cannot pay the person's speaking fee. I mean, we're talking about a four or five thousand, uh, a four or five figure speaking fee. And some organizations cannot pay the fee, not because they don't have the money, but I ran into an organization where it could not have a line item for that amount of money going to a person, even if this is a speaker who's won awards and yeah, 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 right? Mm -hmm. But they could have a line item for educational materials. So I've seen some authors where they use their book 
to say, okay, you can't pay my speaking fee. Well, at least buy one copy of, I have two books, one copy of each of my books for everyone in the audience. And there's 500 people in the audience. The author, of course, is able to get his or her books at an extreme discount. So I see some authors who will charge event organizers the full fee for the, the list price for his or her book and then able to get their speaking fee or at least some portion of it that way. Another way, of course, is that selling the book in the back of the room or showing up as a vendor at a, an event where maybe you are not speaking, but the event has your ideal clients there. So not only are you showing up in the past where Yes, I'm going to this conference. It's a marketing conference. I do marketing. I've always been here. So I'll demonstrate my services and talk to people and lure them over to my table and get them signed up on my list. But if you have a book about your unique marketing strategies, now you're able to sell that book either at the back of the room after your presentation or as a vendor at that event. So those are a couple of ways that I absolutely love that authors use to to leverage their books. But there's a number of other ways, like you said, with the masterminds and the online courses, we'll have some where they already have the online courses in place and will pull content from the online courses to create their book. They will have others like some of your clients where they have the book. Now let's create an online course. Also masterminds are another way that I see authors where they're leveraging that book to create other revenue streams. And a mastermind does not have to be difficult. All you have to do is get a group of people who love your content. We're going to read a chapter a month. We've got four chapters. We're going to meet for six months. The first month is just orientation. The next four months, we're going to meet each month and talk about each chapter in the book that you're reading. And then the sixth month, we're wrapping things up. Swipe your credit card. I'll send you your book. Let's do this. So, <laughs> <laughs> online classes, selling from the back of the room, being a vendor and selling from your table or using your book as a way to get at least a portion of your speaker fear. Just a few of the ways that I see our authors using their book to create those opportunities. Man, that was that was gold. That was gold. If anybody's trying to figure out, well, what can I do with my book, right? Maybe they already have it out there too. So that's the other the other piece too, is that if your book, or if you have a number of books that are out there, there's still a possibility. There's still something you can do with that. And I just, I absolutely love that. For sure, for sure. So as we wrap up, I could keep talking, but <laughs> as we wrap up here, um, would you share with the audience, um, you know, really from your heart, you know, what you wish that they knew? Mm, I wish that every single listener knew that you have a story, you have expertise, you have all kinds, all kinds of gems sparkling inside of you, and I need you to let them out because you are doing yourself a disservice and you are doing the world a disservice if you do not go on and get that book out. Now, is perfection good? Yes. Is it absolutely necessary? Absolutely not. Do you need to get started? Right away. How do you get started? <laughs> Just start typing. Okay, or writing, uh, preferably typing, because if you decide to go with a publisher, uh, nobody necessarily wants to transcribe your notes from your, your notepad. But I digress. 
Uh, I mean, they can, but there'll probably be an additional fee. Right. You know? <laughs> <laughs> but get your book out there. Don't wait anymore. Okay. And, and stop asking yourself and worrying about it. And, and then all, all, all of a sudden somebody came out with a book that sounds like something that you may have written and, oh, I'm throwing up my hands because now I can't do it. And listen, uh, we're not looking for you to sound like Churchill or Obama or have all of these wonderful words. Uh, Lisa Nichols, Les Brown, pick someone who has a big stage and a big microphone. You don't have to worry about that because there are routes you can take. You can work with a writing coach who will be right there by your side, making sure everything that you're putting down is is fantastic and is of quality and value. Or you can go the ghostwriter route where that person remains completely anonymous and no one knows whether you wrote a word of it or not, unless you open your big mouth and tell them, right? (laughs) And then also think about this route. You may say, I'm not the type to sit and type. I'm not the type to sit and write, but I'll talk. You can go that route, record a few minutes every night, and then you can use this all kinds of platforms out there. One that we use is rev.com, R-E-V.com. And yes, there's a cost involved, okay, with transcribing your audio content. But you can get that turned in from, from audio into actual words that you can then use as your book. So don't let anything stop you anymore because... I promise you, you may not have found the answer or researched it, but there's an answer to the, the, the stumbling block that you put up that uh, probably isn't even a real stumbling block. There are solutions to what you think is a hindrance to you getting your book out there. Just ask someone. Just, just say, you know, hey, I, you have all these different Facebook groups out there. And just throw the question out there. Listen, I'm thinking about X. Can someone help me? What do you think? Where should I go? Where's the answer to this? Just throw it out there. You know, yeah, you'll probably get some answers that aren't perfect, but you will get some support. So just go on and get it out there and stop feeling like it has to be so much better than this person's and so on and so forth. No, it's you and you are a rock star. Trust and believe that. I love that because, you know, what comes to mind is it's about also who you become in that process. You know what I mean? And setting the intention, I, I feel, for not just writing the book for, for the sake of having a book that you can have in your hand, you know, but something else to attach in an internal perspective that you actually become a different person or I should say a better version of yourself. Uh, you know, as a result of that process. And I, I, I'm pretty sure for you, before you got on stages and before, you know, going uh, with a book, you likely were a different person than now. Oh, for sure. For sure. You you have a different respect for authors. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> totally different respect for authors. And then totally a different respect for people. Because you think about you are writing for who knows who's going to pick up this book. So you're thinking about all the different perspectives and ways that people can interpret your words and you you want to handle your words with care because 
they are going into the hands of so many different people and you want them to respect your words and handle them with care. So once you do that for yourself, it makes it easier for others to handle your story and your words and ideas with utmost uh, respect and care. That's huge, 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 huge. Bridget, thank you so much for being with me and sharing this wisdom. I learned a lot and I know that the audience did as well for those that are listening. So as we wrap up, please share how they can connect with you, how they can find out more about what you're doing. I I know you have some uh, resources as well that are great for them to have. So could you share that with them? Absolutely. So first off, the best way to connect with me is to go to connectwithb.com. B as in Bridget, connectwithb.com. And you can connect with me on social media from there, uh, learn about uh, the publishing company, which I don't even think that ever came out of my mouth. B McTalks Press. Uh, Well, and, and I have a I won't say bad habit of doing that, but I like to shine the light on the information and other people more than I shine it on me. So the name of the company is BMAC Talks Press. But again, go to connectwithb.com and you can get all of my information. And at the publishing company's website, which is also at that site, connectwithb.com, at the publishing company's website, we have this fantastic resource that my team put together. It's a free download where you are able to get a guide on how to write a book that sells. Because nobody wants a book that's just sitting on shelves and collecting dust. I mean, unless that's your thing, right? <laughs> like, okay, <laughs> giving them away as party favors when folks come up to your house. If that's your thing, then completely ignore me. But we have a free guide at our website, the, comp- the publishing company's website, which is B mtpress.com b as in bridget m as in mary t as in tom press.com get that free guide and it walks you through exactly how to write a book that is going to sell so yeah connect with b.com looking forward to seeing you there reaching out to me on social media and all of that good stuff and then get that free guide you got to get it absolutely everyone should definitely go and get that if you're listening um it, there's such a wealth of knowledge from her and uh, a bunch of authors, a number of authors behind uh, this woman and her philosophy and what she does. So highly recommend connecting with her again, Bridget. Thank you so much. This was such a great conversation. Thank you, Parshel. And thank you to the listeners, right? It's because of the Mm -hmm. listeners that we even have this opportunity to have this conversation. So thank you for all that you do and for really wanting to hone your ideas and your thoughts and get them out to the world. So thank you to the listeners. Thank you, Parshel, for creating this platform. You're amazing. You too. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of The Author's Leverage. You can subscribe to wherever you listen to your podcast. Hey, do me a favor. If you found this helpful, leave us a review and share this episode with someone it could help along their journey. Check out more resources. Visit theauthorsleverage.com. Thanks again for tuning in. Until next time. 